The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Hello and welcome to John's Media Show, Hotoko Media and other stuff. I'd like to give a shout out to any friends or family that may be tuning in to listen to me today, and I hope you enjoy the show. And for any new listeners that are tuning in to listen to me today, I'd like to talk to you about how I critique any sort of media. So how I critique any sort of media is based on, on its entertainment value. I look at the pros and cons. If the pros outweigh the cons, it would get a high rating. If the cons outweigh the pros, it would get a low rating. If it's mediocre, the pros and cons would be about equal. I try and keep my reviews as spoiler-free as possible, but in some cases I do need to get into spoiler territory, since I may be a major part in my review. But I'll give you an estimation on um, how long I'll be talking spoilers. For example, I'll be talking the usual suspect spoilers for about a minute or two minutes. Uh, if you want to turn off the radio then, and you don't want any spoilers, turn off the radio then and come back in about one or two minutes. So people who don't want the experience spoiled don't get the experience spoiled. I have two unique rating systems. The first is unique to whatever medium I'm critiquing. So for film, I use popcorns because that's mainly what you eat when you go to the cinema. For video games, I use video game controllers because that's mainly what you play video games with. And for TV shows, I use televisions because that's mainly what you watch TV shows on. And the second rating system is because I'm a film collector more specifically on Blu-ray or of digital iTunes HD. I use this as a helpful guide for any other media collectors that may be tuning in to listen to me today. So at the bottom we have to skip it. This is where whatever I'm critiquing has no entertainment value whatsoever, not even it's so bad as good, like Batman and Robin, that you can laugh at how ridiculous and the top everything is. Rent it slash stream it is where, for example, if the film has come out recently in cinemas, and I think it's good, but not good enough for you to warrant your money, time, and potentially fuel, depending on where your local cinema is, and you can wait three or four months for it to come out on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming services to rent or stream it, then I say rent it slash stream it. See it once is also using the same example where if the film's come recently in cinemas and I think it's good enough for you to go see it once in the cinema and then be done with it, then I say see it once. But the highest honour is obviously to buy it on Blu-ray. This is where whatever I'm critiquing has great entertainment value and you'll never get tired of watching or playing the video game. So now we're heading into trivia slash facts of the Evil Dead film, which is directed by Sam Raimi. So these are from IMDb Trivia. So the cabin that was used as the film set was also housing the 13 crew members with several people sleeping in the same room. Living conditions were terrible and the crew frequently argued. The cabin didn't have plumbing, so the actors went days without showering and fell ill frequently in the freezing weather. By the end of production, they were burning furniture to stay warm. Annie G, a friend of Bruce Campbell, who plays Ashley Williams in The Evil Dead, and Sam Raimi, who is the director, gave him this device. Fellas, no matter what you do, keep the blood running down the screen. 
They included the scene in the finished film where the blood runs down the projector screen as a tribute to him. At the end of principal shooting in Tennessee, the crew put together a little time capsule package and buried it inside the fireplace of the cabin as a memento of the production to whoever found it. The cabin has since been destroyed and only the fireplace is intact. At one point, Bruce Campbell's shirt that he wears in the film was so saturated with the fake blood that after drying it by the fire, the shirt became solidified and broke when he tried to put it on. The blood is a combination of Cairo's syrup, non-dairy creamer, and red food coloring. Director Sam Remy and star Bruce Campbell were friends from high school, where they made many Super 8 films together. They would often collaborate with Sam's brother, Ted Remy. Campbell became the actor of the group as, quote, he was the one the girls wanted to look at. At the end of a normal day of shooting, Bruce Campbell would return home in the back of a pickup truck because he was covered in fake blood from head to toe. In an interview, Betsy Baker said when she learned that the producers were interested in having her star in a horror movie, she was so suspicious she would only meet them in a public restaurant. Sam Raimi originally wanted to title this film Book of the Dead, but producer Ivan S. changed the title to The Evil Dead for fear that kids would be turned off seeing a movie with a literary reference. On the tape in which the demon resurrection passages are read aloud, some of the words spoken, which appear to be Latin, sound like Sam and Rob das S. Hikers Dan de Rosa, which means Sam and Rob are the hikers on the road, as it was actually Sam Raimi and Rob um, Tappert who play the fisherman that wave to the car as it passes them near the start of the film. At the premiere screenings of The Evil Dead, blood donor stations were giving free tickets to the movie along with pin badges saying, stating, I bleed for The Evil Dead to blood donors. Robert Tabot joked in an interview that this was their way of giving blood back to the community after so much fake blood was used when filming. The film ran out of money and only half of it was completed in the winter of 1980. In order to complete it, Sam Remy, Rob Tabot and Bruce Campbell did everything they could to complete the film. From taking out high interest bank loans, borrowing money from friends and family, and even making cold calls to businesses around the hometown state of Michigan. The cold calls worked in that they actually got catering, gasoline, and other necessities that the crew and cost needed. The temperatures were so cold um, at times during shooting that the camera and other wiring froze. They then had to be thawed by the fireplace inside the cabin. Bruce Campbell twisted his ankle on a route while running down a steep hill, and Sam Remy and Rob Tebbett decided to tease him by poking his injury with sticks, thus causing Campbell to have an obvious limp in some scenes. A cameraman slipped during filming, smashing his camera into Bruce's face, knocking several of the actor's teeth out. When Cheryl returns to the cabin... Scott goes to say something and then suddenly stops, throws his head back and steps out of the shot. This was due to the actor Richard Demantio blowing his line. Several actors had inadvertently been stabbed or thrown into objects during production. Richard D. reportedly had no idea the movie had such a cult following until he started appearing conventions and was surprised by the amount of fans who attended. Over his years as director, Sam Raimi's 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88, which was originally bought by Raimi's father for the family when Sam was 14, has played Ash's car in the Evil Dead movies, Uncle Ben and Aunt May's car in the Spider-Man movies, 
Annie's call in the gift, and Mrs. G's call in Drag Me to Hell, and has made cameos in nearly all of his other movies. Bruce Campbell received numerous injuries during the making of the film. A noticeable one caught on film is in the scene where possessed Cheryl's hand bursts through the cabin floor to seize Ash by the face. A trickle of Campbell's actual blood runs down his head as the act was gashed in the head by the puppeteer in the floor who blindly grabbed for Campbell. When Ash shoots a dead-eye through the window of the cabin, causing an explosion of blood, Bruce Campbell's actually firing real-life ammunition at a dummy, causing the scene to look more realistic. Ted Remy was using this as a substitute in many scenes when the original actor was either busy or preoccupied. The affordable single-barrel shotgun was purchased by Bruce Campbell at a Kmart for its specific use in the film. Since the budget was extremely low and where they were filming was secluded in the woods, live ammunition was used for a couple of scenes. Most of these scenes are filmed at low angles so that the camera would not be hit. For other scenes, Bruce Campbell simply mime fires the shotgun. At the end of the production, star Bruce Campbell and producer Robert Tabbitt bought about 100 shells and shot up every prop used in the cabin. The resulting rubble was then lit into a huge bonfire by director Sam Ramey. Ash flirtatiously peeks at Linda while pretending to be asleep, shutting his eyes when she looks back at him. Ironically, after she's possessed and apparently killed, her corpse does the same thing to him, Linda being um, Ash's girlfriend at the time. Because of the latest sequels, plus the TV show's use of wacky Three Stooges-esque comedy to balance out the horror, many newcomers to the series may might be shocked to discover the first film's tone as a straight-laced horror film with very little comedy, if any at all. During the scene where Ash is about to cut up his girlfriend with a chainsaw, Bruce Campbell actually had to use a real chainsaw and hold up to the actress's chest. You can see on the close-up of Linda's neck, looking at the necklace, that her pulse is racing. During the premiere of Ash's Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell claimed that the final shot in this film where Ash is attacked by a surviving demon, was achieved by mounting a camera on a tripod, then mounting that tripod on a motorcycle and driving it through the forest, through the cabin, and deliberately into Campbell. He also claimed to have broken some ribs because of this. Ash was intended to die at the end when the surviving demon attacks him. This is later changed when Sam Remy and Bruce Campbell returned to make Evil Dead 2. They both stated they made this film to be recognized by studios and to help them get a Korean film. They sold the distribution rights of the film to Light Cinema for an incredibly low price because they felt like there was no need for a sequel. However, they were able to do so because they claimed to neglected to sell the rights to the storyline and characters. I'm John Scott. This is John's Media Show on Fresh FM, and we are heading into a music break. And I'll see you after the break.
and that was Saving New York, composed by James Horner from the film score of The Amazing Spider-Man. I'm John Scott, this is John's Media Show on Fish FM, and we're now heading back into a music break. And I'll see you after the break.
And that was Lazarus, composed by James Ewan Howard and Hans Zimmer, from the film score of Batman Begins. I'm John Scott, this is John's Media Show on Fish FM, and we're heading back into a music break. And I'll see you after the break.
And that was Captain America, composed by Henry Jackman, from the film score of Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Now that played near the end of the of Captain America, The Winter Soldier, where, um, or at least part of it plays, where um, Natasha Romanoff, or better known as Black Widow, is talking to some sort of parliament, I can't remember the exact context, saying about why we need them, why they need people like Black Widow, because um, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s secrets has been revealed to the public um, since in this film it was revealed that um, Hydra um, infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D., and this, it's shown also in a montage in this scene that Nick Fury is um, burning some documents or something like that. I'm John Scott. This is John's Media Show on Fresh FM. And we're heading back into a music break. And I'll see you after the break.
and that was terraforming composed by Hans zimmer from the film score of man of steel so that was played during which superman goes to the terraformer in the atlantic ocean and lois and the army go to the terraformer in metropolis welcome back to john's media show we'll talk about media and other stuff and unfortunately that's all the time we have for this session today but i'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to listen to me today because otherwise i'd just be in a room with a control panel speaking to a microphone or by myself if you'd like me to critique anything please go to freshfm.net we can go to our facebook page and leave me a post via the visitors post with your recommendation and the hashtag john's media show if you have a big recommendation i'll give a shout out to whoever did so don't forget to listen to podcast grade right here on the top of the south through freshfm.net in the accessmedia.nz app we can find my show and many others i hope you've all had a wonderful day at school and or work and i'll hopefully see you all next week i'm john scott this is john's media show on fresh fm and i'll hopefully see you all next time Bye-bye. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.